crying, I was laughing at the same time. I felt this energy and this beauty and this warmth of life coming from our planet. Anusha Ansari has grown from a teenage girl in the midst of the Iran-Iraq war to the founder of a huge international telecommunications company. And ultimately, she achieved a childhood dream when she went into space. We have... When I came back, I was totally depressed. I felt like people are sleepwalking and I wanted to go shake them and wake them up. It's like, forget about all this craziness and noise in your life. You know, you have to see what's important and you need to focus on it. It's hard because people look at you like you're crazy. Hi, I'm Adam Spencer, and welcome to Telstra Vantage Behind the Mic. These conversations were recorded recently at Telstra Vantage, an ideas, technology and business experience focused on insights, inspirations and innovations. Now, when we look at the list of people who've been to space and the list of people who run multi-million dollar tech companies, well, there aren't a lot of Muslim women on either list. I was born a long, long time ago in a country far, far away in Iran. And growing up, uh, I would look at nights, go outside summer nights, and basically sleep outside and just let my imagination go wild. I would look at the night skies, and I would look at those shiny objects up there, and I would think to myself, what's out there? Are there aliens, other beings out there? Is there another girl on another planet looking back at me and thinking about the same things? And that curiosity about space and what's out there allowed me to really be interested in space, in astronomy, in wanting to learn about our universe. And drew this picture and I showed it to my parents. Uh, I told them, this is how I'm going to go to space. You've just told us a story about how, as a child, you drew a picture of a spaceship, which a lot of kids do, and you showed it to your parents, as a lot of kids do, and you followed that up with, Mum and Dad, I'm, I'm going to go into space. Did you really have that drive and desire from the youngest of ages? Absolutely. I always believed that I'm going to space, and uh, that belief was very, very strong, especially when I was even younger. I just didn't think there will be anything that could stop me. I didn't know limitations and, you know, boundaries and challenges. I was just all hope and I wanted to do something and I was determined that I'm going to do it. Anusha Ansari was the first ever female spaceflight participant. That is short-changing her. She holds all sorts of firsts. She's an Iranian-born Muslim woman that became an engineer. She started a massive telecommunications company and then, and only then, did she buy a ticket on the Russian Soyuz rocket to spend a week and a half on the International Space Station. My motivation to go to space wasn't to break a record, to be honest with you. What really motivated me was, you know, the experience. This was one of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to experience something unique, something that only, um, you know, 500 50 people up to this point have experienced it uh, from the seven 
billion people on this planet. Only 10% of 500 have been women who traveled to space. So it was a pretty unique opportunity for me. And to me, when I look at space, it's where we can find the answers. As someone who's involved with technology, um, when I look at the future, I'm very excited about what I see. At the same time, I see that it's a very difficult uh, thing to predict because of all the way different technologies are changing and progressing at such rapid pace and how they actually are interconnecting and coming together. I remember interviewing Chris Hadfield, the astronaut who commanded the ISS. He said to me, he thought of all the different qualities that go into astronauts, you know, physically tough, intelligent, problem solving and all that, but probably the greatest skill that unifies all astronauts, I think I can recall him saying to me, was the ability to make difficult decisions decisions under pressure on limited information and just calmly go about that. Is, is that a crucial part of the sort of mental makeup of an astronaut? And, and, and why is that so important for someone who's going to, going to go into space to have those sort of skills? It's absolutely true. And a big part of the training, actually, and the tests they do is psychological training and psychological tests to understand how you perform under pressure. Going to space is still a very difficult and dangerous endeavor and uh, when you are up there a lot of things can go wrong you know there's this limited number of people in, in the space station uh, and you have to work collaboratively and uh, coordinate times are you know when something goes wrong the time is short when you can react and if you lose control not only you endanger yourself but you endanger the entire crew so it's important to understand that the person that they're sending to space can perform well under pressure, can perform well in a group, and that can collaborate, and they basically won't freak out. And because <laughs> so. you've been aware, of course, you know, people have, have in, in horrible circumstances have died as part of the space program in training and in space. Uh, you mentioned that the device on the ISS that's meant to help manufacture oxygen had caught fire and broken a short period of time before you went up there. Did that give you second thoughts? Well, you know, going to space was one of those things that I would have done no matter what. I always told everyone that if it was a one-way ticket, I would do it because mm. I felt like this is who I am and this is what I must do. So nothing would have stopped me. But specifically, I was already on my way there and there's no, you know, U-turn when you're on your way up there. So we know that we would get there and, um, you know, we would just help repair the device. And there's always backup system on board the station. So it's not like you have one of each. Um, they expect things to break. Um, space station is getting older, so there are more repairs being done. Um, so that's always expected. Mum looked nervous as you took off. I'll be honest, I've seen video of your mum. She looked a little bit, would it be fair to say, a bit jittery? Oh, absolutely. More than a little. Uh, she was on tranquilizer, literally. Wow. Uh, for all those days that I was up there. And, you know, when... Because she, of a beautiful little girl. She, yeah. And she didn't want to tell me not to go. I mean, she never did. And she... Uh, was obviously nervous and worried about my safety. Um, and she just came and, and um, you know, just prayed and prayed and prayed for me and said, I know you're going to come back to me. Um, and just a little side story. Um, 
when I went to space um, while I was up there, she was sort of reminiscing about the past and and uh, going through my stuff. She brought just a little bit of things with her when we left Iran, and she had brought my report cards uh, for school. So she was going through my old report cards, and there it was a drawing that I, that I did when I was very young with crayons showing my trip to space. And she had no idea that sort of that got stuck with my report cards wow. and I was there. So once she found that, she felt like this is a good omen. This is a sign that this was meant for me <laughs> and that I will come back safely. So that gave her some comfort. And when I came back, she had framed that with the picture of my launch, actually, the rocket that took me to space next to each other. And she gave it to me. And it was a very special moment for me. One of my favourite quotes, and anyone who's ever climbed a mountain will know this one, is from French poet René Dumas. He said... You cannot stay on the summit forever. You have to come down again. So why bother in the first place? One descends, one sees no longer, but one has seen. There is an art of conducting oneself in the lower regions by the memory of what one saw higher up. When one can no longer see, one can at least still know. Well, that sentiment of Domal's applies equally to space travel. The emotional experience, I don't think anything can prepare you for what you experience when you see Earth for the first time. You know, you, I imagined that all of my life I had pictures of Earth from space as screensavers, posters all mm. over the place. But Your little I, crayon drawings. My little crayon drawing. Seeing a sunrise or a sunset every 90 minutes, does that get boring after a while? Absolutely not. Every single one is different and um, every single one very, very beautiful. And, um, you know, even looking at the storms from space station is a unique experience and, and uh, it's beautiful. Of course, you know, when you think about people on the ground and, and going through a storm and, and what's happening it's not very nice for people experiencing it firsthand, but from space, actually looking on Earth, you know, and just looking at Earth rotating, looking at the cloud formations and everything, it's just so beautiful and peaceful. And uh, that's an image you see from that perspective from up there. Of course, you know, the reality on the ground is very different. Mm. And that's one of those uh, dichotomies of, you know, being in space and knowing what's happening and wanting to sort of bring those two realities closer together, to bring that peace that you experience in space uh, back here on Earth for everyone to experience. And that's one of the hopes that many astronauts actually share. There are some people who say we've got so many problems here on Earth at the moment with disease and poverty and, and food scarcity why should we spend billions of dollars having adventures in space? Let's sort out Earth first before we frolic in the stars. What do you say when you hear that argument? So first I remind them that the budget for space program is a fraction of uh, any military spending that we have, mm. that so much science and learning has come from a space program that people don't realise all of our communication, all of our entertainment, a lot of material we wear, um, a lot of material we use uh, in airplanes and other uh, stuff, a lot of medical advancements, special, especially 
um, uh, doing remote procedures. All of these come from the space program. A lot of the, um, like the technology we use to do oil cleanup came from space mm. program. The material we use in our, uh, you know, uh, shoes, uh, tennis shoes, for example, came from space program. The protective material we wear on our helmets came from, so, but people don't understand that um, most of these things have their origin in the space program. So uh, while we are in space, we're actually doing uh, studies and research that helps people here on Earth. And again, it's a fraction of the money we spend on, on uh, machine guns and tanks and uh, warplanes and bombs. So I would say that why don't we spend less on those and we would have a much better world and we won't have half of the problems they're worried about solving instead of redirecting the fraction of the money that we spend on space program. You say that one of your one of your joys now is encouraging people to dream and be inspired by their hopes, not their fears. It's a big part of I get the impression your mission in life to try and impart your sense of optimism and adventure into as many people as you can. Absolutely, I think uh, if we take action with hope and optimism, uh, those decisions would result in much better outcomes. Uh, I think uh, decisions out of fear lead into more conflicts, uh, to war, and uh, and will not have any long-term good result for anyone. Uh, and uh, it's our hopes that brings us together. It's our hopes that allows us to build things, not destroy things. And, and I truly wish that everyone would see it that way. And, and um, uh, you know, would overcome their fears, whatever that may be. Well, well may you continue to inspire uh, another generation as you have already in your amazing life. Love it to meet you, Anusha Ansari. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Well, it will be at least a generation before space flight's affordable to reasonable portions of society. Maybe one day we will get to the point where going into space is in the same price range as a trip to Europe or a Mediterranean cruise. But what Anusha describes is already affordable. Doing something that scares you, something that challenges you, and something that you'll learn from, something that might inspire others. Maybe that can be your trip into space. Thanks to Anusha Ansari and all the guests on our series. Why not subscribe to the show via iTunes or your favourite Android podcasting app if you'd like to hear more. I'm Adam Spencer and this has been Telstra Vantage, Behind the Mic.